Welcome to this special edition of What's Next. These special editions come from the weekly event I conduct every Tuesday at noon Eastern. If you want to register for these events, go to linkedin.com slash company slash serving strong and look for the events tab. I'll also put a link in the show notes. Let's get into the presentation. Welcome to the recording of this week's podcast episode on Founder Freedom. My name is Scott Kokenauer, and I will be your host today. I figured rather than just record a podcast by myself, I thought I'd invite you to join me as it is being recorded. So if you've joined me today, welcome. Over the past week, I have been curating some of the best thinking for you, and I'm eager to share what I've put together as well as some original thinking. A quick note to those who are watching live. If you'd like to hang around after the presentation and talk a little more, stay on the line. This information is specifically curated with founders, business owners, majority share owners in mind. It's also helpful for those who work with them, such as financial advisors, CPAs, legal counsel, suppliers, coaches, etc., If you're interested in knowing more about building a valuable business that will give you more time and options, if you're interested in knowing more about building a valuable business so you can sell it one day, this information is for you. It's a product of my research on what I believe is some of the best thinking out there. Any sources I reference will be in the show notes for you to look up further. Let's get started. If it's going to get done right and going to get done on time, I'd better do it myself. Whenever I try to delegate, I always get burned. By the time I explain it to someone, I could have done it myself. I don't want to bother someone else. They already have enough on their plate. So if you've ever uttered these words or words like them, You might benefit from the information that I have uh, curated on the topic of delegation. Delegation is commonly defined as the shifting of authority and responsibility for particular functions, tasks, or decisions from one person, usually a leader or manager, to another. Most delegated tasks take some time, planning, and effort to completely transition properly. But it's more than just giving work to someone. There is an art to it. Did you know you can actually create more work for yourself by delegating improperly? Well, that's what we'll dig into in today's content. Let's get started first by understanding why delegation is so important in the first place. According to John Warillo, author of Built to Sell, The hub and spoke measures the extent to which your business can thrive without you. To be valuable to an inquirer, your business must be able to succeed and grow without you at the hub of all activities, as your employees are mere spokes that cannot operate independently of you. Business owners often score low on this uh, attribute because they remain involved in serving customers directly. It feels good to solve people's problems. Happy customers shower you with praise, and uh, and you get 
that sense of feeling needed. Uh, and you know your customers are getting the best care in your hands. After all, you know the best business better than anybody else, and training others to do the equivalent job without your accumulated knowledge takes a lot of time and can cost a lot of money. However, the more your customers need you and ask for you personally, the harder it is to grow your business, and in the long run, the less valuable your company will be. So many founders or business owners leave an enormous amount of money on the table by being the hub. They have a good run, and then they wind it all down and walk away. Not to mention, it takes a toll on you, the founder. The challenge with being the hub is that we all get older and find it increasingly difficult to keep up. Part of the answer to the hub and spoke is delegation. So what exactly is delegation? To answer this question, it'll help to set the stage by talking about what delegation is not. According to Smart Brief, delegation is not dumping or advocating personal responsibility. Instead, it is about spreading it out in a way that best advances the organization's short and or long-term cause. Delegating work works, provided the one delegating works too, according to Robert Half. Secondly, delegation does not involve telling people what to do. Rather, it involves explaining the outcomes and results they are expected to achieve. They are then expected to work out the how and the steps involved. Third, delegation is not the distribution of tasks, as if simply passing along things from a leader's personal to-do list, also called leadership advocation. Most delegated tasks take some time. They take planning and effort to complete properly. Fourth, delegation does not look the same in every situation. Many factors go into determining what to delegate, when to do so, to whom, and how the leader-subordinate relationship will look over the lifetime of the project. Fifth, delegating is not punting away your weaknesses. As a leader, you aren't going to be able to do every little bit of every project. Even when it speaks to your strengths, and your passion. Of course, there are going to be things that you don't do as well or enjoy as much. Just make sure that it's not a mixed mindset speaking. But for the most part, delegation should be viewed as a way of building upon existing strengths and getting things done more quickly and completely. And finally, delegation does not mean that you can't do it all yourself. Instead, it means you're a strong enough leader that you can identify projects that would be good for others on your team. A narrower definition of delegation emerged from the work of leadership experts Ken Blanchard and Paul Hershey. Blanchard and Hershey coined the term situational leadership to describe how different situations demand diverse types of engagement between leaders and their people. They offer four scenarios along a continuum of employee experience and expertise. First, we have 
uh, directing. This approach is for subordinates who are least experienced in completing the desired task and may suffer from low self-confidence. Leaders in these situations need to do a lot of directing, as in overseeing projects closely and offering regular instructional, instructional guidance to ensure that the team member is clear on what needs to happen and in what way. The leader must also help the subordinate uh, work through any deficits in self-confidence and other barriers to their success. Secondly, coaching. Coaching, which involves questioning and creating awareness and personal responsibility, is appropriate for subordinates that are a bit more advanced but still need a lot of direction. Through coaching, a leader involves the subordinate more in determining how to do things and helps push things along when the subordinate's initial enthusiasm for the project invariably starts to wane. At this stage, the leader still decides. The third is supporting. Over time, the subordinate becomes more comfortable and takes on added responsibility and leadership. The leader's role in this stage is, continue, is to continue to support the subordinate through conversation, but allows the subordinate increased decision-making authority. And fourth, situational leadership is delegating. In this fourth and final stage, the subordinate owns the project and is largely left alone to achieve the necessary outcome once the context of the task and goal are discussed. Notice that in this model, delegating only occurs after the subordinate has been directed and or supported, often deeply, for a period of time. This model underscores a fundamental difference between assigning tasks and delegating authority. You assign a task when you say to students, sweep the classroom floor, but you delegate authority when you say, keep the classroom clean, and then provide resources to get the job done. Only after someone demonstrates competence, initiative, and follow-through is it time to delegate authority. Consider this perspective on delegation, which comes from leadership now. Every time you delegate work to a teammate, three inescapable core elements of delegation are in play. Authority, responsibility, and accountability. They form an integrated process and must be, must be applied by you as a unified whole. Leadership now says that authority can be delegated. As a leader, you can transfer pieces of your formal authority to another teammate when assigning a task to that person. In essence, you can deputize, deputize your teammate to take action on your behalf within the boundaries of the delegated or transferred authority. Authority chiefly comes from the power of position. The more authority you have, the greater your ability to delegate higher level, more meaningful and challenging tasks to others to help them learn, develop, and grow. Secondly, responsibility cannot be delegated, but it can be assigned. As a leader, you can assign a uh, responsibility to another teammate in terms of the results that need to be achieved. However, you need to keep in mind that you only assigned responsibility to your teammate. If your teammate fouls up the thing royally, your manager will censure you, not your teammate. So in short, you can never fully hand off any of your responsibilities to someone else. 
Assigned responsibility should be made in terms of the goals and, re- and results to be accomplished, not the detailed specifics for doing the job. And thirdly, leadership now says that accountability means obligation. Accountability is the moral compulsion felt by a teammate to meet the goals and objectives of an assigned task. As a result of accepting a task assignment, your teammate, in effect, gives you a promise, either expressed or implied, to do their best in carrying out the activities associated with it. Having taken on the task, your teammate is obligated to complete it and thus be held accountable by you for the results produced. All right, let's get down to practical application. According to the 6Q blog, here are four steps to delegate effectively or four steps to avoid the high cost of reverse delegation. There are four steps in effective delegation. First, you need to choose the the right task to delegate. Once you've done that, you need to identify the right people to delegate these to. Then you provide the instructions and monitor progress. And finally, you review the results. So let's go through each of these steps in more detail. What should you delegate? There are many activities that you perform every week that are probably perfect to delegate and others, no doubt, less so. Some responsibilities you just cannot delegate. Sensitive tasks that can't be done by others, tasks that require your specific skills or your role as a manager or leader itself. When considering a task or an activity to delegate, start by asking these questions. Is it absolutely critical that I do this task myself? Number two, is there someone in my team with the right experience to complete this task? Three, is this a task something that will be regular in the future? Fourth, does this task provide an opportunity to develop another person's skills. If you said to, uh, said to two or more of these questions, yes, well done. That means that it is very likely that you can delegate this task to someone else. Secondly, who should I delegate to? Not all tasks or activities are the same. Some can be done by anyone, and others are specialized in these specific skills and knowledge. You need to find the right people for the right tasks. Matching the proper person to each task can be difficult to begin with. There are a number of considerations. Your employees' skill level, their motivation, and frankly, their dependability. As we all know, not every employee is created equal. Having said that, try not to typecast typecast your employees. By giving them new opportunities, you may encourage a fresh sense of motivation and responsibility. After all, While you're trying to manage your own time, if you delegate effectively, you are encouraging your team to broaden their horizons and become more valuable to you. As a leader, you are no doubt already aware of each individual's strengths and weaknesses and eagerness to learn new skills. You should also consider their their current workload and will you delegate this work to them? If you delegate this work, Will it mean that they will need to reshuffle their own workload or responsibilities? Just as importantly, what is this person's longer-term goals and career aspirations? Third, provide instructions and monitor. 
Delegating a task isn't as simply as saying, Sally, please do X. Thanks. You have to accept that the first few times you delegate a task, that it will inevitably end up taking them longer than just doing it yourself, since you'll need to train them, answer questions, and so on. So you should consider this delegation as an investment. By transferring your skills, you'll be ultimately saving more time than you spend teaching. When you are delegating something to a new team member, be very specific with what you need and your expectations. Explain to them how you will measure their performance and let the person know the level of accountability that comes with the task. Clarifying these things beforehand will make everything run smoother and reduce the risk of mistakes. If you find yourself having to explain a task at great length verbally, it would be wise to write it all down and then have your team uh, then and then your team will have something to refer to in the future. This way they can refer to the document rather than having to come back to you all the time for clarification, which is reverse delegation, which comes at a high cost. If you have specific preferences for how the work needs to be carried out, make sure you include that information. If you have strict deadlines or milestones you need to hit, be very clear about them. Be careful, however, not to detail down to every action how the work should be done. You should allow your employee to control his or her own methods and processes. When you delegate something, make sure that you, your chosen employee knows that they can come to you with questions, and if they do, remember to be patient. Delegation is a great way to motivate your team, however bad delegation has a risk of damaging morale. When tasks are done well, make an effort to give your employee the recognition they deserve. Whether it is public recognition or one-on-one, -on -one, everyone enjoys being given credit for their work. Doing this not only makes your employee feel good, it motivates them to continue their hard work. And then finally, <clears throat> review the results. When the work is finished, make sure that you set aside enough time for you to do a review fully and provide meaningful feedback to the employee who did the work. This feedback process is absolutely vital. When you get great results, get in the practice of complimenting them. <clears throat> this effort will go a long way toward building team members' self-confidence and efficiency, both of which will be improved on the next delegated task. Equally important, if your expectations are not met, you will need to find out why this happened and give them constructive criticism and then ensure they understand your expectations for future tasks. When done effectively, delegation is an incredible, powerful way for leaders and those in authority to claim back their time and be more effective. More than that, it actually trains others in new skills and motivates the team to new heights. But what about letting go? For those of you who have developed an addiction to the adrenaline of being the answer person for everyone, here's a thought. It's not sustainable. It's not scalable. It will burn you out. Listen to what Bob Davids says in this excerpt from a TED Talk. In World War II, Dwight Eisenhower 
was the Allied Supreme Commander of all the forces. He would train his generals. He would take a chain and stack it up on the table. And then he would ask the generals, if I push that chain, which way will it go? And he would hear a lot of answers. The correct answer is, you really don't know. But he said that if I took the chain and I picked it up by the end and I pulled the chain, which way will it go? The answer is, it will follow you. And there is the essence of leadership. If you push the people down deep inside, you really do not know which way they will go or which way what they're really thinking. But if you can lead them and get them to follow you, then you have the skill that everybody should have to be a leader. We begin by talking about why delegation is so important. When you are the person with all the answers and authority, or you delegate poorly, resulting in reverse delegation, you constrict your ability to grow and become more valuable. That's a high, high price to pay when it's entirely preventable. Here are a few questions you can ask yourself to get the ball rolling with actionable steps toward greater delegation. They come from Ryan Abbott of Built to Sell. First question, how do you currently spend your business day? Create a pie chart representing the time you spend at work and assign a slice for each of the activities you do. What observations can you make about how you spend your time? Number two, is there a current employee who could be, could be promoted to head up either your sales and or marketing or your product and service quality and innovation? Number three, how does your long-term incentive plan need to be evolved to be an asset in potentially selling your company? How does your long-term incentive plan need to, to evolve in order to increase the value of your company and ultimately make it more sellable? The next question is, what reoccurring problems in your company could be fixed with a formal process or instructional manual? The documentation of processes can go a long way toward coaching employees to follow in your footsteps. Why do customers request that you serve them? If you don't have an answer at the ready, ask your best customers the question. The sources I cited will be in the show notes of today's event. That concludes today's topic on delegation. Delegating is very important to a founder or a business owner who one day will have an exit. Better to develop a delegation process now because you will be able to generate more time, more options for you, while at the same time developing your team to take on more and while also at the same time making your organization more attractive 
to a potential buyer. If you'd like to subscribe and get more information on a regular basis with no fluff, just real content, subscribe today. I talk about ways to create greater value in your organization so that you can have more options in life. More options to do the things you've always wanted to do but can't. Simply go to servingstrong.com slash join. Oh, thank you.